You're listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy baseball experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to On Deck right here on the Line Star app. It's the weekend edition, baby. We are the best podcast to listen to when you're driving down to the beach now because we're getting to summertime. We are the best podcast to listen to while you throw in some steaks on the grill. And we're pretty much the best podcast, just period. Me, Chris Meany, and you. Chris, are you ready to get out this weekend, my friend? Yes, I am. Happy Saturday to everybody. It is. Tis the season for nice weather, barbecue, some pops by the pool, perhaps. And let's win some money. I like you call a pop, eh? That, yeah, that's, well, yeah. Yeah. I, I can never get behind the pop. There. It's like the it's like the sprinkles and Jimmy's argument, which... <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't that just know. sound weird? Does anybody want Jimmy's on their ice cream? Yeah, I, you know what? I've never heard that one. Um, You've never actually. heard that? No, the yeah. Jimmy's and yeah. No. Oh yeah, Jimmy's. Ugh, what the hell is that? I have I no idea. I don't want Jimmy actually. anywhere near my ice cream. <laughs> Me neither. Anyway, Get Jimmy out of here. <laughs> well, well, a note too, because yesterday on the podcast we talked at length about Kyle Gibson. Who, guess what? As yeah. soon as the show was over and we released it, he got moved to the weekend. So way to go, jerk. <laughs> so, so all the stuff that we said about Gibson, I feel like holds true. We're going to get to that and a whole bunch of other stuff. Let's start with the day slate over on Saturday, because that's where the only price we can possibly begin. We begin with David Price because he is going uh, at home against the Rays there. We also got Giolito in a big matchup against the Royals. He's going to be on the road. Uh, you got Zach Greinke in Toronto, and then you've got Tanner Work and Nick Pavetta at four o'clock. Tehran Richards at four two, and then of course our buddy Kyle Gibson shows up at four. You've also got uh, Sabathia in there as well uh, against the Indians and Plutko, Casher and Valdez. So look, you got a ton of afternoon games. The last one, of course, is Milwaukee, which will throw a huge wrench into it. So let's start at the beginning here. Obviously, you look at the slate, and the first thing that pops to you is uh, clearly looking at Giolito and clearly looking at Price. And for me, I'll take Giolito over Price even though it's on the road, G has just been that dominant. Um, and it's more just respect for the Rays and also a little concern that with JD Martinez, we talked about him on Friday, be a little banged up. It's a, that's a big thing to take out of that lineup in Boston. So for my money, if I'm looking for like the best cash game, chalkiest pitcher on the board, I'm actually going to Giolito. What do you think about that? Are you on price or Giolito? Uh, well, I like them both They're, I mean, they're, both of them are my favorites, uh, you know, on this slate for the early ones. Giolito has been good. He, he really has. I do expect a little bit of regression from him, you know, eventually, but I can't, I, I can't ignore his, his strikeouts, the potential. I mean, he's at, he's racked up at least eight strikeouts in five of his last six starts. Uh, he already had a, an outing against KC where he racked up 10 over eight against them. So he is on a heck of a run right now. Uh, I, I think you continue to roll with him. And and I do like Price. I like the matchup. The Rays have the highest strikeout rate in baseball against left-handed pitching. Um, so so those are the two guys. I mean, I wouldn't get too cute any, anywhere else. I wonder Pavetta's price because, uh, you know, he's been okay since he's been called up, but the home runs have, have been an issue. So I, I think that's where I'm going. Like Giolito and Price, I think those are the two. And if I'm just looking for some value, 
I mean, Gibson, again, like everything applies. You're right. Everything we said on Friday's show applies over on Saturday. The thing is, he's going to be very expensive. And that's what we didn't love about him on Friday. We I mean, we liked the matchup. We, well, we I think the it was the context. Record. It was the context. Too, With all right? the stats, I mean, too. We didn't love him yeah. because, well, we didn't love him as much because when you're talking about a same slate where you got to keep pace with guys yeah. like Cole and Kershaw and DeGrom, it's a little bit harder to do. On this slate in the day game when you're isolating it, I actually like it a whole hell of a lot more. I actually don't mind it because I think it's going to be, you know, he's going to be cheaper than Giolito and price most likely. So as a little fade from that group, I think it's yeah. fine. Um, but, you know, to keep looking ahead too with the rest of this group, is there any potential tournament love here for Granky against the Blue Jays who've been struggling a bit? Yeah, I think there is for sure. Um, yeah, I kind of just glossed over Granky actually. I mean, we've said this before about the Jays, like it's just, it's been a hit or miss. They, they got a lot of guys that's, that strike out in their lineup. So I would imagine in terms of pricing, he, you know, he's probably right up out there at the top, but it's a good fade away from Price or Giolito. I wonder what Giolito, you know, looking at all the pitchers here, he may have the highest ownership, Joe. Yeah, I, I think Giolito will have the highest ownership for sure. I actually want to throw in a wrench in too, because the other side of that Pavetta game, yeah, you're right. He has pitched better since he's been back. Yes, he does have strikeout upside, but he's also still inefficient for the most part. And that's what concerns me. I feel like there's a little bit of love as a secondary pitcher when you're looking to save some money for Tanner Rourke today. And, you know, he, he's pitched pretty well this year. He's got an ERA around 3-4. He's a, a guy that, you know, I feel like a, we always talk about this, a better pitcher than a fantasy pitcher. Yep. And that would be the case. But I feel like he can outlast Pavetta potentially in this game. And that's kind of why I, I like him on that end when you're trying on the DraftKings side to find a secondary arm to, to go with him. I, I don't love Sabathia. Um, obviously, we don't love uh, you know <laughs> some of the other guys, too. We got Valdez going in Houston. You got Lyles in, in Milwaukee. You don't like any of those guys. But this Milwaukee Brewers lineup is going to be incredibly expensive uh, against Jordan Lyles, and I think that that's perfectly fine. What about Davies, too, a guy who's uh, undefeated on the year and the ERA sits at two? You got to put him in that mix too, right? Yeah, I th- I think so. Normally, I would I would fade Davies because I do feel like there's some regression coming from his game. He doesn't strike out a ton of guys, but I mean, I'm not a, I'm not afraid of the Pirates lineup at all. So, I mean, right. I think he can he can do enough even at home where he can be a tournament arm for you. I mean, he just went eight innings in his very last start against the Pirates. He did allow eight hits, but only two runs. On the flip side, again, like where's the strikeouts coming from? He only had three. So, I mean, he's only had more yeah. than five and two starts this year, but you know, it, depending on his price as a secondary pitcher on DK, sure. That's I mean, what you, I'm talking about. It's like yeah. you're you're looking because you know you're going to have to pay for Giolito and, and DraftKings, right? So where do you go to in order to get a responsible offense? And I yeah. think it's Tanner Rourke, and I think it's probably it's probably Davies as long as the market's not out of control for him. And I don't think it will be because of the strikeouts. I mean, because of right. the lack of. But, yeah. I mean, we're looking for quality start. We're looking for win. I think Davies can give you those things against the Pirates on on Saturday afternoon. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get the run support for sure. Um, you know, in, in that ballpark. Absolutely. Um, I like Gibson again. I go back to him. I, I think he's a strong cash play. I do too. I, I you know what, if you want to fade away the, the, you know, from the very top, I think Gibson's perfectly fine against Detroit. I really do. And the other, the other hesitation we had on Friday was the fact he was facing Matt Boyd. Well, that's out of the yeah, equation too. Good call. Good so call. we're taking all the problems that we were, that we <laughs> were hesitant about Gibson on Friday where he did not start and we're just going to get rid of a lot of them because it's funny how context is so important, right? 
You take oh, something sure. in a certain context and you hate it, and you put something in another context, the exact same thing, and all of a sudden you go, "Wow, it's pretty good play." Yeah, <laughs> and like, his price on Fanduel, his Fanduel price was great. I mean, it was nice. So yeah. even as a standalone one pitcher Fanduel cash, I, I still like it. All right, let's go on to the evening on Saturday where you got Gray and Mats and Mets Rockies. I think Mats is a huge trap in this late because you do obviously have the big boy Max Scherzer at the back end of this one, and uh, cash games can be heavily owned there for sure if not you know like 75% owned it's really tough you got Flaherty Lester which is one of those coin flip games for me and then you got Rich Hill so for me it's either Rich Hill or Scherzer in this slate I think a lot of people will look at Matt's and go well you know he's had some good starts and well you know it's a lefty against the Rockies well 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 you know maybe you can get no no I think it's a terrible idea I don't like Gray either I think basically it's Rich Hill and it's and it's Max Scherzer and I, I don't think I can make a case for anybody else can you Mm, maybe you make Flaherty? Flaherty or Lester? Yeah, maybe Flaherty. I mean, he has, it was a really rough stretch for him, but I mean, it's been eight in a row where it's three or fewer. He just faced the Cubs, had eight strikeouts through five innings. I mean, he hasn't been able to go deep into these games because the walks have been an issue, but we're starting to see that strikeout upside that we saw from him last year. So, I mean, that I would do, go that way potentially in tournaments, but I agree with everything you said. I think it's either Scherzer or it's Rich Hill. I mean, the matchups are great. Going to get some run support as well for both of those teams. I mean, the Dodgers, we've been talking about them all year, one of the best offensive teams in baseball despite their low price on FanDuel. So, Rich Hill, Scherzer, those are the cash game and even tournaments. But, yeah, I would I, a couple shares of Flaherty, I, I think – you know, the fact that he's pitching in Chicago against the Cubs, you know, it could lower his ownership a bit. And I'll tell you what, too. You know, we talked about yesterday. It's all about that Texas Rangers A's game. We got Bassett and Sampson in there. Nice. Uh, I expect a ton of runs in that game. I, you know, going back to Flaherty real quick, too. I feel like I would really like Flaherty more if this one was in St. Louis. I don't know. It's just it's that that question mark of, of Wrigley Field a little bit to me. I don't yeah, know. I think you're right. I think in tournaments. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go for it. Well, I was going to say, you're actually dead on. I don't know if you're looking at his splits right now on the fly, but he's got a 6.2 ERA on the road and a 2.25 at home. So, I mean, I actually wasn't, 287 on the I road. I wasn't yeah. actually looking. That's how smart you are. I said it. It's just <laughs> how smart I am. That's that's, that's just right. what it is. But, uh, you know, and then you throw Wrigley Field into that mix, too. It's tough. Yeah. That boy, you said six on the road. Wow. Yeah, 6.20 on the road. Guys are hitting 287 uh, off them on the road. And at home, it's 2.25. A good sample, too. 40 innings at home and a 1. 8, or a 0.188 average. So, I mean, he's really there's a huge difference between the two. Um, those are significant splits. All right, now with that in play, is John Lester all of a sudden become the tournament option du jour? Um, yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. I, you look at Flaherty, you go, "Oh, well, Flaherty's the better pitcher," but then you throw that six ERA on the road out there, and you go, "Well, maybe you make a case for Lester." I mean, it's a tough case, but I don't know. I think yeah. in multi-entry, I think it's in play this weekend. On if you're just you know playing the night slate. And how about his splits? Four point nine seven on the road and one point seven six in thirty innings at Wrigley. So there you go. I think we've talked ourselves into a, a tournament play here with one of those two pitchers because we know the upside is there, Flaherty and Lester. We know everyone is going to go to Scherzer and Rich Hill in, in great spots. Those are going to be the chalk pitchers for sure. So if you're looking to be a little bit different in tournaments, take advantage. Like Those are two good offenses, obviously, in St. Louis and Chicago. And you know what? Again, on the fly, I was looking at this, and I meant to bring it up for Friday's show, so I'm glad this came up. St. Louis is in a little bit of a... A funk right funk. now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they are. 
I mean, looking at the last two weeks in baseball, the Cardinals have a top five strikeout rate. Their average over the last two weeks, dead last, hitting 218 wow. over the last two weeks and with a 275 Woba, also dead last. So this St. Louis lineup, all of a sudden a little quiet, right? We we gave them a lot of respect early in the year. Not, not a team that strikes out a ton, team that makes some contact, take their walks. Right now, they're not. So I think we've we've may have found something here with John Lester. Well, even as a secondary pitcher, too. I'll tell you what, I think Scherzer and Lester Hunt in in uh in tournaments on, on Saturday night. Yeah. I think it does. I think you could put those two guys together. You could probably do it with Rich Hill too, if you want to like be a little different, yeah. either one of them. But you know, all those splits, and this is why it's important, you know, you can go and you can look at the thing and say, okay, well, this is what it is. But you know, splits are crucial in baseball. It's it's such a simple stat but it's so effective you see these guys who just like mash at home and aren't as good on the road or pitchers who for some reason struggle outside of their home ballpark for whatever reason it is mm-hmm. uh but it's it is wild to think about that right where you get uh you know such a dramatic split there like the Flaherty one and then the Lester one too and the fact these guys are facing off each other I mean now it, of course it's baseball which means all of a sudden boom one game can change everything you know you get the, all those splits and throw them out the window but this is what we're trying to do is trying to put our best information, our best foot forward. And I kind of feel like that's the way to go. I think Lester is that guy that nobody's probably on. And it's not a terrible idea not to be on him. I get why, but when you start to peel into a little bit more, it makes a lot more sense to be on him. Well, he's got three shutout performances at home already. I mean, one against Pittsburgh, one against Milwaukee, which is pretty impressive. His last outing, it came against the angels at home. He only allowed one run. So, I mean, he's got four outings, at Wrigley, where he's allowed one or zero, five, in fact, against the Dodgers, he allowed one run. So he's he's been really, really strong at home and, you know, not so much on the road. So I think there's an opportunity. Take him at home. Not a lot of people are going to be thinking about him against St. Louis. And like you said, St. Louis is really struggling lately. All right. Let's look ahead to Sunday here. In the one o'clock, you got Aaron Nola against Sonny Gray. Uh, look, Aaron has been better. Sonny Gray's been pretty solid this year. This is the kind of game that I run away from. I have no feel on it. Then you get Snell against Erod in Boston. And I feel like Erod gives you a lot of contrarian. There's a couple of contrarian plays on this slate on Sunday. One of them is Erod against Blake Snell, where people see Snell and just forget uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. And Eduardo Rodriguez has strikeout upside. It's obviously more of a tournament play. How do you feel about that? Do you think that's stupid because it's Snell, or do you think it's actually worthy because it's Snell? Yeah, I think I think it's worthy. And, you know, what we said for Saturday slate, I mean, the Rays have the highest strikeout percentage in the league against left-handed pitchers. So, I mean, Erod, I feel like we've been hit or miss with this guy. But if you look at the game log, that's that's basically what his, his 2019 season has been. I mean, his last two outings, two or fewer runs, one of them against Houston. And then he gets lit up the start before that against the Blue Jays. And you're just like, oh, I'm not playing him against Houston. So he, he's had good outings against good teams. He had an outing against Tampa earlier in the year where he had six strikeouts through five. So I think it's a sneaky tournament play. I'm not on Snell. I just, um, you know, and maybe that's wrong for me because the past couple of games, I just, I haven't been totally impressed. I don't like the fact that he's so expensive and then he's going to have to face Boston. So on the flip side, you know, maybe that'll keep a lot of people off of him. I just, I just have a lot of respect for this Boston lineup. They're, they're starting to heat up a little bit. But if there's no J.D. Martinez, I can get behind a Snell tournament play, like maybe one or two shares. But you know what? I'd, I'd rather have Erod in this, in this matchup, as crazy as that may sound. <laughs> Uh, hey, I'm the one who started the crazy, so why not uh, end it with me? I, I just, I, you're right. He's up and down, but that's exactly what tournament pitchers are. He's a guy that can drop eight strikeouts on you or or eight earned runs, 
and yeah. that's the chance you take. Uh, you got five and two thirds, Robbie Ray heading to Toronto. You got Max Fried and Pablo Lopez squaring off. And then you got another one, which I'm all over. Shane Bieber at home against Tanaka. That Cleveland offense has been a little bit better lately. Um, Tanaka had a, you know, a bad outing. Well, not a great outing in Toronto. Of course, he was getting squeezed a lot. With that, that viral clip going yeah, around. That wild? <laughs> oh, Angel Hernandez, what is wrong with you? Just the ball right down the pipe. <laughs> Right down the pipe. I mean, in the strikes in the strike zone, little you know the rectangle they show you on on TV. Yeah, He's absolutely clueless, man. How's clueless. that guy still have a job? But anyway, Tanaka got squeezed. He's going to be on the road here against Shane Bieber. But I really like Bieber in this one. There's another one where, yeah, the Yankees are you know a, a tough team. Yes, they played very well, but Bieber's been excellent. You know, he's kind of the unsung hero. I feel like of that team because even I mean, even Bauer's been spotty lately but i feel like beaver's the one guy i actually have the most faith in and usually he's the most cost effective too yeah and and he will be against the yankees because it's the yankees like you said i mean it's new york yeah they're playing well they got some heavy hitters in their lineup nobody is going to go to beaver i think he's a great tournament play it's the ratios 92 strikeouts and 18 walks in 75 innings i mean he's he's not giving up a ton of contact he does give up the odd home run here and there so that could happen but I mean, he, he he's so impressive. I mean, he had a 15 strikeout showing against Baltimore. He followed that up with a 10 strikeout showing against Tampa. So I definitely like Bieber in tournaments for sure. And I like Jake Odorizzi as well. Uh, sometimes, you know, his fly ball rate scares me, especially going into Detroit. But I just know he's going to get the offensive support against Ryan Carpenter that, you know, he, all, all the runs he could probably ask for. Uh, and he has some strikeout upside as well. So those are the two I actually look at. Not sold on Aaron Nola, man. I just, no. what's going on with him? Giving up a ton I'm not sold on Aaron Nola either, but you know who I am sold on? Odorizzi. And Odorizzi against Detroit, um, I think that's a great matchup too. I think Cindergaard will be popular, but I think I'd rather have Odorizzi even though it's on the road. What do you think? Yeah, no, same. Absolutely. Odorizzi is is definitely in play. I like the strike at upside. I mean, he's he's really been bringing it all year too. And that's the thing with Odorizzi. He was another one of those classic up and down guys, but his ERA is at 196 right now. I mean, that is that is an impressive mark for Odorizzi in the American League, no less. So for me, I absolutely adore Odorizzi there. You got Cindergard in this slate as well, as we talked about. Uh, and then, look, when you're talking about offense now, you got to talk about that Twins team against the Tigers. Uh, you definitely got to talk, of course, about the A's and the Rangers, that one very much. Now, the A's and Rangers at 3 o'clock, they have Frankie Montas back in play against Drew Smiley. It all is about cost with Montas. If, the, if he's over 10K, I think it's tough sell. If he's under 10K, I think it's a good one. I think because it's in Texas, I think you might get a little bit of a discount. Might come back to earth a little bit. What do you think about Montas against Smiley this weekend? Well, Smiley's like, I mean, this has got it. This may be his last start in Texas. Like it, it really may be. <laughs> no, honestly, well, when I mean, your ERA been... is nearly eight, you know, it's pretty tough. Yeah, it's so bad. I mean, he's it's like a 50 percent hard hit rate which is absurd like he's just he's been really really bad so oakland's gonna get to him and i do like montas i think you i think you're dead on the fact that it's in texas i don't believe his price will be up in that 10k range which we saw in his last outing which was fine he all he did bounce back against the angels i like the fact that he has a 52 percent ground ball rate and going to texas i mean that's what you want and this rangers lineup scuffling a little bit without joey gallo um so I think there's an opportunity there for sure. You know, just back to Jake Odorizzi for a second, because I think this is crazy. So he has, in his last nine starts, how many runs do you think he's allowed? Earned runs in his last nine outings. His last nine outings? Uh, I'm going to say 12. It is six. 
six what? runs. Six wow. runs. That's and only and only three in his last seven outings. And that came in one start. He has six shutout performances in his last seven outings. And don't tell me he hasn't played good teams. He's played Houston. He went into New York to play the Yankees. He had back-to-back showings against the Angels. He just faced Tampa. The White Sox are a scrappy lineup despite the strikeouts. Odorizzi might be one of the better plays on the slate. Well, and and you know what? That's been one of the keys for those twins. I mean, besides the offense being very good, you know, we kept saying, well, who's going to step up and be the, the guy behind Barrios? Well, it's been Kyle Gibson. It's been, you know, Rizzi. They found guys who have stepped up and done that. You know, if they add another piece, if they add another pitcher, I mean, they, they could really, that team is good enough. They really are. And and I like them. I picked them for the make the playoffs. I thought they'd be the wild card and Cleveland would win the division. But I mean, I, at this point, it's pretty safe. Now that Carrasco's gone, I feel like oh, yeah, Carrasco's gone division. with Kluber gone. It's it's Minnesota's division, period, like just by default now. So mm-hmm. it, it really is. That is an impressive, impressive group. So, I mean, that's definitely where you're at. Now, as we head into the afternoon, we have, of course, one of those classic matchups. You got Bueller and Bumgarner going head to head. And then later on, you get uh, Strasburg. I'd rather take Strasburg than any of those two guys. Uh, I don't care for those head to head big ace matchups. Uh, typically, they end in like those 3 2 2 1 kind of games. You just kind of flipping a coin. But if I had to pick one, I'd pick Bueller just because I, you know, I, I have much more faith, obviously, in the offense of the Dodgers being able to put something together. Uh, what about you? You staying away from it all together and going with Strasburg in the afternoon, or uh, you actually going to try to make a little uh, hay there and actually stick with that game and pick one? Uh, I like Strasburg. I'll lean that way as well, just because of the matchup is is it's it's a lot nicer. I mean, the Giants aren't a great offense either, but and the Padres could get to you, but they just have that high strikeout total and the highest in the league. So I think that's you know that's kind of where I I lie there for Strasburg. But I do like Walker Bueller. He's been a lot better lately. One or zero runs allowed in four of his last five outings. He had an outing against San Fran where he was pretty dominant in San Fran is obviously a huge plus, uh, but he's he'll probably be the chalk. I think people will shy away from Strasburg because, I mean, he burned us last week, right? I mean, he, he had that bad showing in, against the White Sox where we all thought he was going to be able to be fine. Like he came around a little bit, but overall, I think he's been maybe more inconsistent than than others, right? So. That's kind of the way I lean. I think it's a, I think it's a good matchup. He had 9K through seven earlier in the year against the Padres, and you know you can expect that again, and at least seven strikeouts from him. Yeah, and look in terms of offense here, obviously we you know we talked about the A's. We we definitely want to get involved there on the weekend there, especially on Saturday uh, and Sunday against. Look, you got Joe Palumbo and Drew Smiley this weekend. So I mean, how do you not love the A's offense there? And I'll tell you what, I think kind of the sneaky one is going to be the Nationals because some pe- some people just still have that stigma about San Diego, but especially on Sunday afternoon, the ball flies there a little bit more than people realize, and I like that stack. Uh, where else are you going for offense this weekend, Chris? I think Seattle, L.A., you can get a piece of that. Um, you can probably take some power bats in Seattle against Trevor Cahill, a high fly ball rate. And the other way, too, like as much as we've picked on the Angels and lefties, they're going to face a couple here in Seattle. They just have a ton of lefties in Seattle. Um, but they're not good lefties, right? They're guys who who have given up a lot of contact this year, and 82% for LeBlanc, and and home runs, you know, are they're probably going to happen in this game, to say the least. I mean, a fly ball percentage is pretty high for for Wade LeBlanc. He enters a 40% mark and 44 for his career. So I think there's going to be some bombs there. Um, you know, we we kind of skipped over Wade Miley. I know we had a, a listener 
on the Line Star app on the show that we had last week, rolled out Wade Miley and, and it seemed to work out for him. Any love there for Wade Miley against Baltimore at all or just the upside? No, because it's there. Baltimore, I think as a secondary pitcher, it's fine. Certainly not a standalone Fandle option. Certainly not no, a guy that I'm going to, no. uh, yeah, no. He's like a cost saver if I'm going all the way up to the board. But I'll tell you what, you know, this is another weekend where I isolate. I would only play the one o'clock. So I kind of stay away from the four o'clock games. Take the Strasburg start out of it. Take Bueller and Bumgarner out of it. Just kind of concentrate on the early slate for me personally. And kind of attack it that way. How about you? How would you want to divide up Sunday, or would you want to just go straight through? I I, I don't I don't hate going straight through here. I think that could give us you know Jake Odorizzi with a lower ownership. Um, you know that's something to think about as well. And then that way you could maybe get in some Oakland bats because you're right. You mentioned them on Friday. They're just so cheap. You can get into Oakland bats and Washington bats, even Dodgers bats. So I'd like those three stacks in the late game. So, <laughs> and then it's hard to really get a pitcher in that late game. If you're going to go that way with those offenses. So I, I think I would, I would group everybody together, do an all day, get Joe, Jake Odorizzi in there as low ownership. And then, and then ride those heavy bats. And because guys are going to gravitate to, to Cindergard, they're going to go up to Blake Snell. They're going to take their shots with Aaron Nola. And for pitchers that we like Odorizzi and Bieber, I think they'll be low owned in tournaments if you go the. I agree. Slate. I'm, you know, I'm starting to wonder if Odorizzi's like not a secret anymore. <laughs> he know? might not be. Maybe yeah. that's that. What's what's that again? Six earned runs and how many last starts? Well, he's allowed three earned runs in his last seven starts. Like seven starts. One, wow. two, three, four, five, six, seven. And and look at the hits. It's not like he's he's getting lucky. Like he allowed three hits against Tampa. He allowed one hit against Chicago. Three against the Angels. One against Detroit. Two against the Yankees. Four against Houston. He's allowed four or fewer hits in six of those seven outings to go along with all those wild. shutouts and all those strikeouts. It is a little I wild. love it, and that's the thing. It's the strikeouts, too, they are most appealing. And then you give him a, a cake matchup. I mean, there's a cookie against Detroit and, and uh, a bad starting pitcher, so there's just no reason not to. All right, what about from a betting standpoint, Chris? Where you want to go this weekend? Where are you putting your money? Uh, well, I, I do believe you're onto something with a lot of runs in Oakland and Texas. So I, I think we can get behind some overs there and, and take Oakland as, as just road dogs. Uh, I like Washington as road dogs, the Dodgers as well. They're not going to be underdogs, but you know, I, I think they're a strong bet for sure. Going up against San Fran this weekend, Milwaukee at home. I know they lost a couple in Pittsburgh earlier in the week, but I like them to bounce back at home and, you know, maybe Cleveland. Maybe Cleveland is a road dog with Shane Bieber on the hill. And just taking a look at Saturday, just rolling through some games here as well. Well, um, Cleveland will be the home home dog in that one. Yeah, they will. The with, with, yeah, yeah it's, I, so I like that call a lot. And yeah. again, back to Minnesota, Gibson on the hill on Friday. So I think we can really, or Saturday, I think we can really feel strong about Minnesota on Saturday and on Sunday. And just a lot of runs in Oakland, Texas, Seattle, and L.A. I think you can, you can attack overs and attack the favorites with the, with the Dodgers as well. All right, now it's time for our weekend edition of Calling Our Shop, where we take somebody to go yard, and I'm going to go first. I'm going to go with Nelson Cruz, sticking with those twins this weekend. If I love Gibson, I love Odorizzi. Somebody's got to hit the ball, and uh, there's some uh, really uninspiring pitching on the Detroit end. Therefore, I think Nelson Cruz takes advantage of it. Who you got? Who's going yard this weekend for you, Chris? I'm going to go to Oakland. I really do think this is the last time, guys, we see Drew Smiley <laughs> this season. I This <laughs> poor guy. I mean, listening to the Texas podcast at The Athletic, the, the, welcome to the hit show. They really do feel like this is it for Drew Smiley. They call up the kid this weekend, and, and he's on a really short leash. And Matt Chapman, 
uh, is strong against lefties. So if it's not on Saturday, it'll be on Sunday for Chapman. All right, you got two days to get it right, baby. So, uh, <laughs> Drew Smiley, I, I'd love to say we're rooting for you, but uh, we're not because no, we want we uh, Chris Meany to be right, and we want all those Oakland A's <laughs> shares to be right as well. So you can follow us on the Line Star app, uh, at Line Star app, and at Joe Pizzapia seventeen, and at Chris Meany, and make sure you check out all the content and everything going on here at Line Star. Download the app, upgrade to the premium product today, and get your DFS on. That'll do it for me and Chris. We'll. See See you back on Monday as always. And of course, there's only one thing left to do, and that is step out of the on-deck circle and into the batter's box and go yard. We'll see you next time, kids. You've been listening to the DFS On Deck Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy baseball experts Joe Pizapia and Chris Meaney.